0: I'm Danny Belvin, and I'm Demika Brown, and we're Biracial Unicorns.
1: And stay home if
0: you sick, come through if you sick. It's true. Maybe not for us because we're married. Yeah, I, I, you can come through, though. I'm I mean, not, that's true. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm not implying not guaranteeing anything. anything. I'm, exactly. I'm just, I'm just saying, come through. <laughs> so we saw this on a. We're at like Padco at like eight o'clock at night, <laughs> I love it. and we saw this on the back of someone's car, and I just was like, "That's exactly the energy I need coming from a."
0: Echo. That's like a commitment to put that on your car. Here's my question. Was hmm. it the only bumper sticker on the car or is this like a several bumper sticker situation?
1: I'm going to go. It was the only one. So they <laughs> yes. believe, they believe they are dedicated to this this ideal. This is a mantra at that point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that commitment. Um, I love stickers. I do not have any bumper stickers on my car yeah. because I I think it's a slippery slope. I don't like the look of too many bumper stickers. And I just, I don't know what I could commit to so thoroughly to be the sole bumper sticker. I love that this was the decision for one person.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, and, and you know what? I'm just as dedicated to thickness, but I don't think I'd put that on my family vehicle. <laughs> you know?
0: <laughs> I don't know if I Well, I mean, I that. feel like that too. Like, my husband and I share the car. Yeah. But. I mean, we have different values. No, we don't. We don't. I think I think he would be okay with that bumper
1: sticker. Actually, it's a, you know what I think. You know what it is. I think spe- like specifically for you and I, is that we didn't even want to put our last names on the show for a long time. And bumper <laughs> stickers, I feel, are very. They tell they tell what you believe in, the team you are. Some people put how many kids they have, the animals, the places they've been, like. On the school drop-off, I'm literally just sitting here trying to, and this is maybe this is judgmental, uh, g- deciphering what kind mm. of families in front of me at the school pickup based upon the bumper stickers, and I like being anonymous, like and
0: maybe yeah, maybe that's the thing is I don't want judgment. Like if you're going to look at me and I'm wearing a shirt with some slogan, that's different because you're like looking me in the face. Like you're in my proximity, but like in a car, like the silent, like far away judgment. I don't need that. my (laughs)
1: Because you're trying to assess belief with vehicle and seeing that that matches up, you know, and I think that that is um, that that that's very, very telling uh, of somebody. And I just don't necessarily like that. Uh, Yeah. So. That, that, that's me. But I also, I would be remiss to say that both of us are talking about we don't like the permanency of that, but also mm-hmm. both having tattoos. That's
0: true. But my tattoo, well, I guess my tattoos do kind of communicate a thing, but mm-hmm. I don't think of them that way.
1: Yeah, but we're also not going to resell our our, bo- our bodies are tattoos <laughs> and you might need to get like resell the car
0: I mean and I've already made the commitment to having far more tattoos than bumper stickers so <laughs>
1: <laughs> outright, maybe we should ask people do you have more bumper stickers or more tattoos
0: I feel like that's a very telling telling I, I think that's the that's the new uh zodiac <laughs> question I'm absolutely. that's gonna tell me more than if I know you're a Pisces like.
1: See, this is what we need to be put on those dating apps. They're just like bumper stickers to tattoo ratios. What are we talking? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mm, Well, speaking of dating apps.
0: Oh, man. Dating. (laughs) (laughs) Seems so
1: long ago. I feel like I shouldn't get to speak on dating because it's been so long.
0: Well, my husband and I just celebrated our... 20 year (laughs) anniversary um based off of like you know dating so who am i to talk about dating for sure i love
1: it i saw that on instagram and my heart just instantly melted like it was a time capsule and i instantly just saw you guys like in the hallway like just eating lunch like cuddle up together just chilling being adorable it was it literally took me back it was super super cute so congratulations I, i i love you guys
0: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so this week in that realm, in our our post Valentine's Day fog, I don't know how long does a Valentine's Day fog last. Anyway, um, we don't celebrate Valentine's.
1: Yeah, I'm the wrong person to ask.
0: So yeah, that? so we're like the wrong all around for all, all these things. Um, <laughs> but it is February, mm-hmm. the month of love the month of Blackness. <laughs> mm. We're going <laughs> to relegate all the love to February the way that we do with Black history. And we're going to talk about Black love today.
1: We are. And you, you've you already opened it saying we're probably not... I'm not a very romantic person by nature. Then The concept of Black love for me has been one I have wrestled with and I've been really sitting on this topic for a while. So to be Mm -hmm. able to kind of go into it and its complexities, I'm, I think I had an aversion for it because like I said, it's, it's multifaceted, but I'm really looking forward to kind of diving into it a little bit today are very famous what it is and what it isn't and i think that's really important so and i think the essence of black love can really translate across the, the BIPOC spectrum as well but i think it's just this term is very coined specifically within the black love realm so it yeah it uh,
0: let's pop in let's let's get into it (laughs) cool um I saw you looked up black love in in the urban dictionary um it made me laugh and laugh so I thought that would be a good place to start do you want to read it
1: yeah 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 I had to I actually have to I just had to so it's uh, a Black love in the Urban Dictionary. And this is what it says. A spiritual journey that only people <coughs> who are rich in melanin can experience. A love that is unconditional. A love that can build an empire. Monogamous and genuine and in intense. This love cannot be stopped. Mm. So, you know.
0: Now that really moved some people, I think. Yeah, Otherwise, it wouldn't have... Made its way to the top of Urban Dictionary.
1: <laughs> yeah, with with all the authoritative power of the Urban Dictionary, but th- that that just says something, right? When when you say "black love," and it's it's interesting because it has the original intent and how it's kind of been skewed and viewed now. And probably, like I said, as a biracial unicorn, my struggle with the term and, like, I was—I'm not gonna lie—as a young person, I was very triggered by Black Love as a biracial kid because I didn't feel like I was the product of Black Love, and so that—that yeah. that was always kind of my hesitation of of using it. And but I, so how I, we start from the beginning of like the intent of what is Black Love,
0: mm.
1: and, and we have to kind of start there and. Like where most people don't want to go to and we go back to these roots of, you know, 400 years of oppression and going back to slavery and this intent and this right to to love and to marry, we have to realize that Black people were treated as property. Like Mm. nothing, nothing higher than animals. And do animals have the right to love like black people being basically bred and (laughs) not having the right to marry who they want. And, you know, listening to interviews of people in the state of being owned and being enslaved where do you find love? How can love prevail? How can you even see that within that frame? And it's such an interesting concept And in seeing throughout the centuries of slavery, and I'm using in quotation marks, slavery being abolished, and what that looked like and not still having those those rights to be able to legally get married, mm-hmm. of people doing their ceremonies even in, in private within their own and still choosing to wanting to be to marry. Um mm-hmm. It is something to be celebrated. It's something to acknowledged, and it's something to be looked at. Is this this triumph of choosing amongst these situations to be married? It's it is to 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 ignore that it would be you'd be really remiss to do that. And looking throughout history of even having uh, if you couldn't own property, if you couldn't you know hold certain jobs, you wouldn't have that right. You wouldn't have the legal right. And then, of course, we, we we talked about loving versus Virginia and then being able to intermarry legally as well, mm-hmm. interracially. And that kind of started to put a real interesting idea of, is that Black love? Is this what we're fighting for? Is this what we're highlighting and what we're elevating? And so, once again, the, the complexity of what it was for what is it used for you have kind of this resurgence right in the 60s and 70s of really trying to highlight and elevate of of black people being uh dating and marrying amongst themselves but it's
0: it's just not that simple is it Mm-mm. Mm-mm. yeah i think uh what what all of that line of thought raised for me was just even thinking about Marriage as an institution, mm-hmm. right? I think we, if we take take a step back, and of course, love isn't. And I think our, our our big spoiler alert, our big takeaway at the end of the episode is probably going to be something along the lines of, you know, love isn't as simple as romantic love either. <laughs> But I think for in the instance of like the lead in to what we're talking about, the general definition of black love is talking about that romantic love. So, in order to really unpack that, we have to unpack this idea of romantic love and what does it mean? And, and in most cases, it's like this this marriage right like a, a marriage is seen as as the goal of love and and when we're unpacking the institution of marriage it's it's interesting because i think in the modern day we really have one way that we look at it which is very different than like the historical look of marriage and we think that it must be guided by romantic love when in fact, it was for a very long time not guided by by any sort of romantic love, right? It was a uh, more of um don't want to say a business agreement, but it almost feels that way, right? Like very like just the contract almost. So, I think when we're unpacking that idea alongside what you shared D'Amica, about just the history of black people in america and the idea of an interracial relationship how does black love exist like what what is the purpose of of the modern idea of black love knowing that history
1: well, we, we talk about marriage in the institution to marry, especially within your own race in the context of history. It, was a, it seemed very political, didn't mm-hmm. it? It sounded like mm-hmm. a very political statement, which really rubs against us thinking of marriage modernly as romance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is very, and, and that's what we talked about at the beginning of the show. Like, I really struggle with the idea of talking from a very romantic point of view because I don't think of myself as thinking of love as a very romantic thing. It, it, it We talk about very much in the realm of like bell hooks of it being a very a verb, a very action orientated. So then we kind of fast forward to modern of what black love looks like. I, I struggle because it felt like it was in response to intermixing. Mm-hmm. Of, and that's where I really... Girl, I was triggered. I had and this is I have to call myself out. I had a very all lives matter reaction to (laughs) black love growing up. I did. And you have to start with you, don't you? Uh, Where I'm just like, well, you know, all all love is important. But I think it was this this elevation of we had and we've talked about in past episodes of what it looked like for black men to marry outside of their race and then black women to marry outside of their race and we're having this this influx right of of mixed kids being born and mixed relationships being established and what those relationships hold within society and then we have people who are coming together and trying to elevate of that's not the most revered type of relationship Right. That there there's a place within black love. And we have like, find yourself a black king, get yourself a black queen. This is mm-hmm. the epitome. This is the gold standard. And, it, you know, it's so funny. We've had couples like Z and Beyonce. We've had the Obamas. Right. In recent times, mm-hmm. kind of come and be like, don't you want this? This is what it looks like. Look what you can achieve within the confounds of black love. Go get you some of that, and it's like I said. I growing up, I was <laughs> low key triggered by that, and wasn't you know unpacking it, unpacking my limited idea of what love is, really helped me work through and understand what black love is actually really trying to achieve, or what it you know what what it should try to achieve. There we go.
0: Mm, yeah. It is interesting um to think about and it, it is it does feel I mean as somebody completely removed from this but it does feel very much like an added pressure of how to best confront and kind of buck against the white supremacy right and I think of course if we if we trace the history back like we're looking at like the Black Panthers and like that idea so it make, it makes a lot of sense but i agree that as where does that leave people who are mixed in terms of how they feel like if they aren't born from black love You know, and they aren't seen as like a white person. Like, where does that leave like someone who is part black and part white or sorry, my wording is wrong. They are entirely black and entirely white, but with a black parent and a white parent.
1: Mm. I know personally for me, it really felt you are not seen that you are not the product of of true love, sustainable love. You are part of a subpar love. Mm. And I think especially once again, and I, I try not to break things up in different experiences, but I can't help it. And I think being part of both where I had a I have a white mom and I have a black dad, that experience of mixed um being received and revered, I think looks different than a black woman and a white male. Mm. And 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 I and I've, because I've lived in that that you've lived both yeah I'm living both yeah. <laughs> and, and how is that revered and we've talked about that you know a black man being with a white woman even if there's some you know some side eye from the black community they're still kind of revered right that's an elevation of of status because of how we view right. white whiteness of one yes. Woman. But then you come into here as me, even though I am mixed, I am still medium darker presenting with a very white man and how art treatment is. And it's like, well, you couldn't get yourself a black man. Uh, Why are you settling? Why don't you like your community? It's looking at like self-hatred. I couldn't get that. Oh, I must be difficult to deal with It, it. There's a lot of negativity. And it's so funny black love and looking at fighting off white supremacy and combating that we're seeing in modern times that it's kind of being infiltrated by the ideas Mm -hmm. of white supremacy because there's been this connection of a recent that people say black love equals struggle love of Mm -hmm. how uh, it's too hard black women it's too hard to find a good black man black men it's too hard to find a good black woman both very influenced by white supremacist ideas
0: yeah and it's almost that um romanticizing the struggle too Mm -hmm. which i think is not limited to black love but is something that is put in the media as a necessity for love that like the more you struggle to get that love, like, the more pure that love must be, Mm. Um, which I think is a very dangerous mentality for a couple of reasons. One being it could, in effect, glamorize, like, an abusive relationship, which is already hard to deal with (laughs) nonetheless. And two, it makes it seem like there's like struggle 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 love happens and everything is easy mm-hmm. which we can both say as as married people that that's like a marriage or or a love is is constant work not that it's like just terrible right but like i think it's <laughs> not there isn't some magical event that happens and then it's just easy by romanticizing the struggle it can be somewhat dangerous, uh, particularly for teenagers who might have the least amount of boundaries when it comes to love.
1: And that's the thing as well. You know, people talking about, you know, struggle, love, and those who make this conscious decision to, you know, date outside of their race and that they don't want to, how can you have someone who understands your struggle Right. Mm -hmm. How can you how can you be with someone who doesn't understand that? And to that effect, I mean, my husband and I have had a learning curve. Right. It's you know, I don't want to speak for you and your experience, but it's you know, it's not been puppies and rainbows trying to understand, you know, especially the last five years has been definitely difficult. But when you think of love as a verb and as an action, and making this conscious choice to to walk through this and 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 have that that learning with each other and of course he's not going to understand everything I have been through how 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 could he but it's having that that empathy and having that understanding and still wanting to be beside me even if he doesn't understand that experience because he cannot experience that and with our child as well our child who is very fair She's gonna have a different experience than me, but I'm still going to love her. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm gonna be beside her and we're gonna walk through life together. But thinking about black love and, and struggle love saying you want to marry outside of your race because it's somehow easier. You don't you don't want like it's it to me, it's once again marriage in itself. If we're thinking about marriage as we know today, with the divorce rate as we know today, the construct that we know as of today is not Neither is easy.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's, it's struggles all around. Um, <laughs> so let's not romanticize those, those struggles. Mm-hmm. So it's,
1: it, like I said, l- l- sitting on this topic for so long, I found myself almost overwhelmed of how do we talk about this? How do we broach this subject in a way to where we can talk about where it, it's elevated within the Black community. You know, I was watching interviews with Black women been like, yes, I am seeking to be with a Black men specifically mm. and, and have that or, you know, say if they Black men, like I don't date outside of my race and wanting so much for that to be revered. And it should, it's something that's really beautiful. They want it to be looked at as something beautiful. And then this other realm of people within the Black community saying w- it's, it's a numbers game. There's not enough Black men literally to go around there seems to be so much struggle. Look how black love is portrayed within the media. I'm thinking of like all these reality shows, all these Maury shows, these sitcoms, these, these, these movies that, like I said, they show that it's volatile, that it's it's angry, it's, it's chaotic, it, it doesn't last, it's not real. And we have like these two veins of how black love can be viewed in these public spaces, especially within media. And it is so challenging. Like how do you broach both of these and give them their, a a full thought and a real rounded idea of how do you broach these, these topics. And once again, being mixed not a product of black love and then not in a relationship that is qualified technically as black love.
0: Like, Mm. how do you do that? Mm. Yeah, I mean, just like anything, I feel like there are just so many paths. And by, you know, qualifying somebody's Blackness about, like, how—who they date um, is is just problematic. <laughs> um, and I think— I, I can think of, uh, this might be skipping ahead a little, uh, so feel free to rope me back if mm-hmm. if so. But I think a lot of depictions I have seen, and you mentioned like reality TV, um, but the the depictions that I'm thinking of that are in fiction uh, tend to show a little bit more of the struggle of Black love and, um, Especially in recent years, not necessarily just romanticizing it, but really addressing how and when it can be a problem or um, not that there's a, a problem with black love, but uh, a problem with seeking black love or love in the interest of black love like narrowing your field in that way um and this is something we've kind of talked a lot about it in and around different different sort of focal points of the topic but you know it's particularly as somebody who's mixed race you you can't always just have the opportunity to choose somebody whose experience is exactly like yours, somebody whose experience and background is exactly like yours. Instead, like, it can very much feel like choosing sides, um, which is the continual struggle of the unicorn, I think. So I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about some of these, like, fictional depictions of Black love and how, how we feel about them.
1: Mm. You know, it's so because you can go to sitcoms growing up. You have things Mm -hmm. like some of the first ones like Good Times, right? And Mm -hmm. uh, the Jeffersons where their love, which is interesting because if you think about old school ones, their love was fighting the struggle. Yeah. And I thought that was an interesting paradigm switch that we have kind of had. And then we've kind of get a little bit older where we, we have like the that wants to portray black excellence, which included black love, like family matters, the Cosby show, unfortunately. Oh, the Fresh Prince even like it shows black excellence and being part of, uh, black marriage is very much a part of that. We we've talked about before, you know, not seeing an interracial couple as part of that, that dynamic and that switch. So we've gone from depictions of, black love and black marriage to where the marriage itself was not necessarily tumultuous in fact it was a support system in order but they fought struggle right they they dealt with what was going on within societies and then we kind of switched to where like excellence and look how well where doctors where lawyers were doing well and so the dynamic didn't necessarily come from outside struggle but then just with within themselves and just being married. And I thought that was such an interesting switch of the everyday married stuff. Will you snore? Will you forgot our wedding anniversary? And I thought <laughs>
0: you know. old sitcoms and the like I hate my husband trope or uh, I hate my wife trope and my hu- the husband never remembers anything about the wife like
1: is Ugh, ugh! It's gross, right? It's so ugh. gross, and I'm just like, and I love the Flintstones, but like even in cartoons, love, yeah, yeah. It, it is that. So it's it's for me thinking about the representation of black love, of just seeing that switch of like there was, there was more struggle. I think about like good times, and specifically like it the world was real and they got very real on it, but it was their marriage. that's their togetherness. It was their bond that helped them. And I felt like they're like, can we have the love without the struggle? And it was interesting. They kind of gotten rid of all of it. And I saw in things like the Cosby show, in the Fresh Prince, in Family Matters that start these black families, they would have these hints of what was going on, you know, like like racism, but that necessarily wasn't the struggle that they were fighting at all the time. It kind of turned into like the marriage every day shenanigans sitcom kind of formula, mm. and it was like trying to remove the the blackness out of the equation. And it's like, no, with with Black Love, we once again, I want them to show them and their humanity and love, but they don't just because they're in love and they're together doesn't mean they stop being black. <laughs> Like, those are something really real. And so I, when I talk about, like, those kind of fictional couples, I, that's difficult. That's really, really difficult to kind of see where, where Black love is really represented well within that. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Did I miss any – is there any Black fictional couples that you feel like I would be remiss to
0: mention? You know, I – When I was thinking about this, I was thinking a little bit more recently, I guess. And I was thinking about, and I don't think you've read this book, so how could you reference it? There's a a young adult book, obviously, uh, by by this author, Brittany Morris. And I think I may have brought it up on the podcast Mm -hmm. before. It's a book called Slay, and it is... I think the back of it says something like Black Panther meets Ready Player One um, (laughs) to give you an idea of what it's about. Uh, The main character is um, a Black 17-year-old girl uh, who she is like by day just, you know, like a student and whatever. And at night she is... um, Really into this role playing game online um, called Slay, and it's like just for for Black people. Um, and it turns out she's actually the game developer, but like people don't know this about her. And it's this big secret, and so it's like her balancing like that life and her school life is fine until a, another teen is murdered over the game. Um, in real life. And so then it becomes like this huge, like fission point between her and her boyfriend, because her boyfriend, who is also a, a black teen, has very strong feelings about how Slay is being portrayed in the media and like all this stuff. It's like, you know, but... But there's a lot of reference between her relationship and her boyfriend. uh, The relationship between the two of them as being depicted as, like, this Black love. And it comes really from Malcolm, who's, like, obsessed with the Black Panthers and is, like, you're my queen. Like, a lot of this sort of language. Mm -hmm. Um, And she is also trying to... reckon with, like, his very controlling, possessive behavior and, like, very much him dictating what their value should be as a couple um, with her independence in her secret life as this game desi- designer and really trying to build her Black identity in this online world with other Black players of this game. So I what I really love about in this book is in some ways Black love is depicted in a very negative light when you're thinking about the relationship, but like everything she does kind of comes from this place of black love when, especially as we're removing it from what we've talked about thus far as this like romantic ideal, but it's like love of her blackness, love Mm -hmm. of black culture, love of black people. And there is um, a mixed race uh, character in there later who like worries about if if they qualify as Black or not. And she's very much just like, you're Black, like come in, like you're part of this Black love circle that I am creating. And so I highly, highly recommend this book. It's, it's a lovely book um, published fairly recently, I think. Let's see. 2019. Yeah. So I actually I read it in 2019. Um, So it's been a while. But this is like a book that is like stuck with me. And so when I think about Black Love, I, I always think back to this book. The other the other thing I wanted to mention was dear white people. But I think that can also go off in another direction. Um, <laughs> I was
1: literally about to talk about this is giving me strong dear white people of Sam's her best friend's character being pursued by someone who is a little bit more militant about mm-hmm. what they think black love is. And Sam's best friend. I'm her, I haven't watched it in a while. So her name is escaping me. But her, she loves her community and she loves who she is. And she's very affirmed in her blackness and is very sought after and very invested in black love but the militance of the man who's pursuing her in blackness of what he thinks black love and excellence looks like is very different Mm -hmm. (laughs) it it, can cause a little bit of you know and then of course Sam's character in in her mixedness and what love looks like for her as a whole is very interesting as well so I I, I like that we were kind of in that vein tracking that you know (sighs) That's why I'm saying it's not it's not easy. There's not a love, a romantic love, like I said, in this compound of committed monogamous relationships that meet this prototype of what what is easy and what is was preferred. But what I really love that you mentioned in this book of loving herself and loving her people and loving her culture. And I think if we not that you, you talk about going forward, I think that's exactly kind of where. I wanted to talk about because I want to briefly I mean just for the sake of mentioning it that there is this this book by Ralph Richard Banks and it's called Is Marriage for White People Mm. and this this gentleman and this is not knocking him or anything it is a very statistical book about the odds of specifically black women being able to marry black men and they're talking about the availability right and they're talking about just simply there's not enough there's not a 1 to 1 ratio right and you know and they're talking about and that's the who are available they're talking about for those men who are incarcerated who would not mind in quotation marks, marrying a woman of color who is far more educated than they are, of which is likely who make more money than them, who want a monogamous relationship, then add in the amount of divorce rate and just the numbers, it's very pneumatic and it's very matter of fact. And so almost kind of encouraging women to look outside of their their race, which once again, I don't necessarily have a problem with that, but it kind of takes out the love for two people who don't, I don't consider myself to be very gushy about it, but it, it, it very much doesn't look into the factor of why we have so many black men who are incarcerated. They don't kind of, and maybe they do. This is not, this is just listening to his lectures and things of that nature. I haven't taken a deep dive into the book. But it does take out the love and it doesn't kind of factor out the love of culture and love of self and love for the community and claiming people. It just kind of just, it feels very statistical, mm-hmm. And uh, that there has to be that, that balance of kind of understanding of and having a broader view of love and marriage if that's what you're after. Like th- I think that there has to be when thinking about black love because i think you're only gonna kind of get splintered and never have a complete full idea of thought of it within the community and it can can be quite damaging if we limit what we think love black love looks like Mm.
0: yeah yeah i i agree with all that um and i think that was my primary reaction to that book, not having read it, but having heard heard about it. Um, it was that it does seem lacking in addressing the reality of other societal factors that go into that, specifically the the incarceration rates of black men like we're not talking about that like how can you sit here and say well statistically black women should marry outside the race like i i just it seems like a a very like straw man sort of argument (laughs) without really looking at the deeper societal factors that go into these things um I don't know. It's, it's also, I have to also recognize that, you know, us as is mixed race people. Like it's, of course, kind of, this is going to be our view on it, you know, because I think there is something to be said about, about marrying somebody from your community. Right. And I think You know, going back to like these historical ideas, like historically, that was more of a thing. But I think in the modern age, like that is less and less of a thing. Mm -hmm. So only limiting in different ways, I think is very natural for some people, like, perhaps some people are are limiting to people from a similar racial background to them. So people are often limit based off of class. People will limit based Mm -hmm. off of profession. There's all these different, different factors and ideas that go into people's minds when they're thinking about a partner. Um, And then we get into that, that discussion of type, right? Like what's Mm -hmm. my type? I always know. You You already know. (laughs) Yeah. So, so I don't know. I, I think it's a, it's a complicated issue, and I think it's also a little bit like hippy dippy to say like, "Well, people should just marry who they love and love, love sees love no color." Glad.
1: Yeah, <laughs> girl, you already know I'm gagging on that. Like, mm-hmm. and I think that's what I wanted to get away from. I don't even as a biracial person in an interracial marriage, I'm, I'm not going to say that, that, that love is blind. And then we even talk about like the, the type and, and the preference of just like, I so much very, very revere, especially I think about like dark skinned women who who are often like overlooked and they're talking yeah. about that what people see in a partner have just been like, no, this woman is ultimately deserving of love. Higher educated, dark skinned black women being like so to me, I'm like, y'all are a whole snack. <laughs> but looking at the realm of like availability to partnership, it's like that's what black love should do is talking about I think and because I'm a mixed woman of a brown persuasion, We're so often looked at as confrontational and and difficult and picked apart for our our texture of hair, the size of our rumps, uh, what we bring to the table. Can we cook? Do we clean? But are we educated? Can we make that bread? How many kids do we have? Do we even want kids? And just oddly picked apart. And ultimately, what gets left behind is like... Just deserving of love, and 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 I think that's so much what I want more in the public. when we talk about black love, is that we we have this the resurgence of black girl magic, and we've talked about like you know what uh, magic kind of just covers over people and not saying that they feel pain or have desires or have vulnerability. And then we have this resurgence of black boy joy, and it's it sounds so sweet and innocent, but it's just like there's there's black men being murdered, and where do you think the what do you think these boys turn into one day, and and. Black Love, I think, was just meant to actually show and elevate people who are deserving of partnership, who are deserving of that kind of connection and support, who are deserving to have that vulnerability and that wanting and desires to be fulfilled within the confounds of these these relationships. And I think that's was just like they're deserving. And and what that kind of looks like in having all of these outside kind of elements kind of deteriorating and breaking that down within the community is why we find us this, this topic to be so complex cuz something that should be not easy but there are people of color that are deserving of of love and fulfillment in that and having these kind of outside sources kind of chip away and knock down at that and it that is that's a that's a, a, a tough pill to to swallow cuz love in itself is you know and we touched on this in our blood quantum episode just now of people who are indigenous when they start thinking of looking for a partner they have to think about oh if I marry somebody who doesn't necessarily match with like my with, with my tribe if I we have kids they won't necessarily have the rights and I think if we can talk to our co-conspirators once again these are things that people of color that BIPOC people have to think about and once again, not necessarily having to worry about, are there enough? What do people think is as is, is a privilege of not having these kind of in the back? And that's why I think we don't think of love as just this romance, unable to control, yearning, feeling that just, you know, they come and the term even fall in love is something that is outside of yourself. I think love within the BIPOC community is like this, this, this conscious choice because there's so many factors within it. And I don't think that takes the beauty out of it. In fact, I, I find it to be incredibly beautiful. I find what my parents did to be incredibly beautiful. I find what my husband and I to be incredibly beautiful. And I think because it involved my black father, I think because my love invites me, it is very much still black love I don't think it takes away from marrying within your own race I think it should add to the story because it shows people of color in in a place that is vulnerable and loving and within uh and and supported and so yeah I I think that's where I'm finally at with the idea and the terminology of black love and where I want black love to continue to go
0: Mm. yeah yeah and I think um Related to all of that, I think the issue is less with Black love as existing and more about the hierarchy of same-race marriages somehow being exceptional or better. But yeah, I, I love your framing of thinking about it as Black people and people of color being deserving of love. And I think that that is really, really important. And we you know, just to go back to the old buzzwords, like representation is what really matters. And so as we can see more representation of what different types of love look like with different racial makeups, and that does include like same race outside of dominant culture, the more people feel deserving of love and the more people see the world as a place where you can be loved. So yeah i think I think I think the the issue then becomes it's like there is more than one one type of love to aspire to having, and I think we're we're in the precipice generation. I think behind us is a generation that is a lot more open to what those possibilities could look like. like we haven't even really touched upon you know different queer relationships um non-monogamous relationships like there is a lot of a lot of things that are becoming a bigger part of the public zeitgeist and hopefully becoming more and more seen as normal and more and more seen as options out there in the world because you know this this like very systematic one-size-fits-all idea of what romantic love could be is ultimately harmful I think
1: Mm. well that's what I'm looking forward to and you're right this generation really kind of breaking apart how we defined love and commitment and what does that look like you know it's 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 exciting to see And it really makes me hopeful because we talk about a lot and what I, what I'm really going into 2022 is just saying like what, how will love fix this? What can love do for the situation? But we won't fix anything or do anything until we actually have like a proper definition of it. You can't use anything to fix anything unless you actually know what the thing is. So, like, what-
0: I mean, yeah. if if you're a Texas parrot against a critical race, you can you can sure as hell think you're going to fix things without <laughs> knowing what anything means. Um, <laughs>
1: i just love just a sprinkle i thought i you know i thought i was salty today i love it i'm here for it but but you're right though because it's just like is that motivated you can see so many things this is motivated i love
0: mm.
1: what is this what like love for your children love for children in general because it's not because my child we just had had the conversation of that her white friends will say things in front of her that they will not say in front of her black because it happened
0: my mm. not even
1: eight-year-old daughter well i guess yeah but by the time you know, she'll still be seven We've had to have this conversation, so where's her protection, right? Where's her protection if it's just motivated by love? If if I see a couple, a Black couple that's within that, and I see them and I feel some sort of way. Where's the love in that? And I'm like, actually, no, I think that's absolutely beautiful. And I value your love. And it's not more important or less deserving than mine because I love to see it because I love you all so much and people to see my love and see the choices we make in the fight that we have to go through. And it's like, wow, I also deem that beautiful. We talked about that, that claiming it. You've been said in the book, like Slay, of talking her friend who is biracial, that love of like, I just love you so much. I just just come into this and let's see what we can do let let's see what happens when we that's the motivation behind it and going into valentines day like i or after post valentines day right of just can we challenge that idea a little bit more can we like even like with black love what does it look like with friends and mentors and generations like what does that look like beyond heterosexuality what does that look like uh within professional realm like can we push that idea of of black love a bit further beside this construct of 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 monogamous marriage can 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 we explore that a little bit and exciting to see when when love is on the forefront, I think amazing things can really happen, and that's me saying that. <laughs> it sounds—it's not utopian. It's—it's it's possible.
0: Yeah, and I think it goes back to what what you were saying about this bell hooks idea of love. Love as a verb rather than love as a noun, right? Like if it's something that we're striving to do rather than striving to achieve, um, it makes all the difference.
1: It's, it's fighting the passivity it's like we said like we've we're here in love we've arrived we're in it done we've reached the destination of love and now we turn the gps off and now we're just sitting in it it's like no mm. it's just constant going forward it's just constant moving and evolving and changing you know so yeah <sighs> just love. All of, uh, love 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 <laughs> absolutely love so is there any any final thoughts on
0: black love I don't think anyone needs to hear from me about Black love. <laughs> do you? Do you have any final thoughts?
1: I, I'm, I'm here for it, but I'm here for it in, in all facets. I'm, I'm excited to further explore as a mixed Black woman. I love my love. I love the love that I came from. I love my community and my art and. I love the stories. I've read a lot. I was challenged myself to read more love stories that are outside the, you know, what we see of the man, woman, marriage forward of just these more Mm -hmm. complex maternal, paternal generational love. And I have been, I've benefited so much from it and I felt so fulfilled and so stretched, uh, stretch your idea of love. If if you cannot sit down and write out a definition of what you think love is, I think I would challenge unicorns and our co-conspirators listening to it. Like do, do that and just see how your love changes once you define what love is and do it with, do it with your partner or a close friend or someone you care about. Like define what you think love is and see how that transform how you love from that point on
0: Mm. Mm. I mean it's in large part just human nature right like we're a social a social animal and building relationships is like a huge part of being human and so I think at the heart of that is is love Mm. I love you Danny Love you too, Mika. (laughs) Um, Shall we? Shall we continue this love train with some happy places?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Miss Damica, what is making you happy this week?
1: Um, you know what? It's 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 gonna be cucumbers. Yes, but <laughs> spicy. Okay. Well, I may I, I make almost like so I have once so you talked about your book challenge on one of these and you're like people hate challenges. You're so right. People really are like, Ugh a challenge. But I I have been trying to challenge myself to learn a new regional dish per week. Mm. and kind of explore it a little bit more. Like not, you know, only vegetarian, but specifically I think a lot of more regional dishes tend to be a little bit more vegetarian heavy. And it's almost like a cucumber kimchi that Mm. I have just been like obsessed with. And it makes me so happy. And, you know, uh, diving like so, I've been doing a couple of like different Korean side dishes the last few, gosh, maybe the last two months. not meaning to but this particular one it's got like sesame oil and a little bit of chili crunch oil and soy sauce and you just let it just sit in beautiful red paint and you just let it just chill out and the longer it sits the better it is and they're talking about kind of the same thing the longer it is the better and you can tell like each family does it slightly differently and and, and just hearing influencers talk about how they would prepare it and what they would eat it with and it's just I I absolutely love it but the um, Um, I literally eat this with, like, I make it with every meal.
0: (laughs) I'm going to push back. Girl, that's a pickle. That's not a cucumber. (laughs)
1: You're like, once it's in vinegar, D'Amika, it is a pickle. (laughs) I'll take a, 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 can it be a pickled cucumber? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's fine. All right, all
1: right, can we meet somewhere? Because I'm just like, as a woman who enjoys pickles, now, that's a sound bite for everybody.
0: <laughs> Black love episode, D'Amika says, as a woman love- who enjoys pickles.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of air like. Air, like I'm, I'm a pushback. That's a pickle. <laughs> like that's the only
0: thing people are gonna get. People them. are gonna take away from this episode.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be the pickle debate. We're like, but we talked like 40 minutes about black. L-. No? No know what a pickle is? <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've been really enjoying different regional dishes and sharing them with my family. Cause I think once again, speaking of love, I think, you know, someone who enjoys cooking of just seeing the love that are in certain generational dishes that people have made for hundreds of years or, you know, and perfected yeah. and It's fun. I really enjoy it. So in fact, I'm making some for dinner tonight.
0: Yeah. Um, so one, you should send me that recipe, uh, to love Korean food. So um, good. we definitely make our own kimchi. Um, but I've never done like a we're we're pretty traditional not really but in the sense that it's all cabbage but Mm, yeah, I,
1: there is a proper because I've seen the reason why I don't say the name because I've seen two or three different names for the similar dish, and because I'm not an expert, yeah. I don't put things out there that are not true. You don't, <laughs> and you don't speak Korean, so yeah. Like, so uh, who am I to know? I'm like, no, actually, this is the original. I've saw it right. in three different places on TikTok. Like, no, gross. So yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, it's a cucumber dish that I enjoy, influenced by Korean. And I think. I mean, we can say that a lot of like. Of learning, like, a different kind of mother sauce. I'm like, it's Italian-influenced. Because unless I've yeah. gone and learned from an Italian nana in her language, then I don't know the authenticity of it. So,
0: yes. right, But I don't think I, – I am not a fan of, like, authenticity gatekeeping in general. Um, mm. But definitely not for food. Life is too short to, like, limit yourself because you're worried about being authentic or not in your food. Um, but, I mean – with that said, like, it's not like you're gonna start jarring it and you'd be like, D'Amica's kimchi pickles.
1: Like, you know. I got like a big fro on the jar. <laughs> like, get them pickles. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, 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 no! Korean flag, South Korea flag in the background. Yeah, <laughs> can you
1: imagine? But people do that, and people that's
0: like that. People do that. So that's I think- that's like where my issues come. But mm-hmm. someone being like, "I'm gonna try a Korean-inspired dish at home, and I'm gonna learn how to make a thing." Like, there's no gatekeeping there.
1: Do it. But- Yeah, I think you should. And I love, like I said, bringing my daughter along and thinking of of something as beautiful as food outside of her realm of comfort. Because once Mm -hmm. again, I think that leads to empathy of like, can you think of a Korean family who, just like we have our own chocolate chip recipe or whatever, they have theirs. Isn't that so cool? Yeah, that's so cool. What other dishes do they have? That's my girl. Like, that's what I'm here for. So cucumbers, pre and post pickle, making me
0: happy. (laughs) <laughs> what about you, girl? What's making you happy? Well, um, here's where, <laughs> where I go pretty simple and also diverge some mm. things in the interest of making the world a better place. So mm. my, my happy place is just uh, my health. Um, Mm -hmm. as Domenica knows, but because we so seamlessly had things already in the works, um, upcoming, um, I had COVID, uh, it caught up with me, um, even though I don't go anywhere or do anything, not going to get too salty about this, um, (laughs) take a step back. Uh, but I, yeah, so I was pretty sick, uh, with COVID, um, even though I'm vaxxed and boosted, so I am just thankful that I am on the other side of it and feeling more and more like my normal self
1: mm, i'm I'm really really super thankful for your health as well and we talked about how thankful that you were you were vaccinated I can't oh I can't imagine how sick you you would have gotten without yeah. that so
0: yeah so and I know lots of people this omicron is is no joke definitely different symptoms didn't lose my taste or sense of smell thankfully um but yeah i i just you know lots of lots of people are getting it but it's i i don't want to see any more of that attitude of like i'm gonna get it and get it over with because Mm. it was not fun would not recommend
1: we talked about the people were treating like chicken pox, like oh, get it and get it over with. Let's have COVID parties and just knock this out. It's nothing, and I'm like, it is not, because I mean, would you consider? I mean, you're a you're a healthy young woman. Yeah, you're like I don't feel like it today, but I, yeah, I
0: mean, like you know, I'm I'm a normal weight. I'm a no pre-existing health conditions. I I could be healthier, but who couldn't be? <laughs> like, you know, I'm I my big thing is uh the time of the pandemic has like really taken a toll on my physical activity. Mm-hmm. So I was like slowly inching into that and then got COVID and now I'm like, well, can't go on a walk without my lungs hurting. <laughs> but mm, but but yeah, like I'm um I'm a youngish, healthy ish person. Um, so I think that's that's the weird thing about COVID is it it is hard to predict how it will hit people in our kind of demographic. Well, my demographic of like youngish and healthiest and and no, you know, and and so yeah, I'm just using my my happy time to be a PSA about you know please please take care and please think about. You know, I, I was lucky I was already quarantining at home um, when I got sick and would have the flexibility to be able to continue to have continued quarantining and working from home even as I was getting better. But there's a lot of people who cannot um, be vaccinated for various reasons. I was reading about this this guy, um, this Turkish guy who is now been testing positive for COVID for sixteen months, um, yeah. Because he because he's immunocompromised and has leukemia, um, and he caught it, and like his body can't get to the point of fighting it off. Um, and he's not like seriously ill, but he's like on the verge for sixteen months. So I I just think you know, there's a lot of attitude of. The pandemic is over and I have a lot of sympathy for like, you know, living your life. And I think it is like an individual balance that everyone needs to come to. Um, But yeah, I would say COVID's no joke. Stay healthy. Think about others. My happy place is a world where we're all thinking about each other. (laughs)
1: Mm, And that is like the chef kiss to end because if you're motivated by loving your community and those around you you'll you'll just do little things like wear a piece of cloth over your face you'll maybe stay home like you'll try to go when things are less crowded you know do i really need to do that and it's just because you love yeah
0: totally all the love (laughs) Uh, we also have all the love for you dear listeners um we would love to hear all of your thoughts and opinions um, and connect with you. Feel free to send us an email, biracialunicorns at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram at biracialunicorns, and we're on Twitter at Biracial Magic.
1: We want to show so much love to people who've shown us so much love and support. And that's Dolly Pop Art. She's on Instagram at dollypopart.com she has done our amazing iconic unicorn photo I actually got a compliment someone had found us on Instagram and they uh, were like we love your artwork I'm like I know at Deli Pop Art is amazing <laughs> We also want to thank uh, Joseph Scott, who's also on Instagram, for doing our wonderful intro-outro music. We want to give some love to South Photography, who's done some of our very precious in-person photos. Please go follow all of them and show them some love, too, because it is a community. And while you're there spreading the love, can you go ahead and give us a review? We would love that. We're just going to keep saying it. We would absolutely love it, and it helps us get this information out to other people to include them and make them part of the community you rating us it just helps us fight against the algorithm machines and if you continuously very passionately so love us if you want to drop us some coins so we can continue to keep the lights on we would very much appreciate that in fact i you know what if you all want to write and call call us i know danny you have the phone number right
0: yes damika i have committed this number to memory (laughs) No, I haven't. But the number is uh, 505-585-1808. 505-585-1808. Zero eight. Because I'm a child of the '90s, it has been conditioned into me to say a phone number twice when <laughs> leaving a message. <laughs> it's important, and see, I do at the beginning. I say, "Hi, I'm so and so. My number
1: is blah blah blah." Say the message once again. The number is blah blah blah. Because we're all thinking, everyone has to go grab a sticky note of a yellow legal <laughs> pad right. with a big pencil. That's <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, God, my pencil broke, and they only said the number
1: once. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, you know, millennials, right? Uh, will you please leave us your love stories? I would love to hear love stories. Uh, I would love that. If, and it, I mean, I mean, uh, the scope of love. I want to hear love for your pet, love for your neighbor. If you want to have for your significant other, I want to hear love stories. You can leave at Instagram, all our information's down below. I want to hear your love stories.
0: I love that. <laughs> all right y'all we look forward to hearing your love stories and we will be back next week with a mini-sode and in two weeks with another full episode Mm -hmm. peace out